Welcome to another Healing Conversation brought to you by AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and we conclude our discussion on living in the quantum zone with one of my favorite topics of the series, toning and the ability to affect our quantum field with sound. As we know, in the beginning, there was the Word, and that Word was God. And so today, we are going to talk with someone who has brought back the Lemurian Choir, toning on many levels of being. So here today to speak on Healing Conversations is Dr. Todd Ovakaitis of the Lemurian Choir. Dr. Todd, thank you so much for being here on Healing Conversations. Well, thank you, Loren. It's a great pleasure being with you as well. I very much enjoyed learning that you are broadcasting to what you describe as a type of Lemurian sisterhood, or those very interested in that information. So our discussion could get right into the heart of some of those ancient memories. So let's go right into the heart of those ancient memories. We were talking earlier about that word Lemuria, and you are with the Lemurian Choir. Can you please first start with, in your work and your awakening, how you came to be in touch with the Lemurian Choir and develop that? The Lemurian Choir is more of the end development or the culminating development of a process that had begun some years before. So it did not begin as an intention to create or recreate a choir with over 800 singers as was actually done in Maui on December 21st, 2012. It began more as a remembrance of tones and tonal patterns with the specific intention of clearing the blocks that prevent all the information and ability stored in DNA to express itself. That's big, so I'm going to say it again. It began as a remembrance of tonal patterns with the intention of clearing the blocks in the DNA. These tones are Lemurian by nature? There is a whole story that goes with it. (laughs) And I appreciate that with the work that you do, and particularly with your broadcast and network, that you have to tune in and use various sources of information. And among those are information that you get from intuitives or even those that would be called channels. I've had the privilege and the joy of being introduced to and working with a particular channel named Lee Carroll, who brings forth energy and information of a being or set of beings called Cryon. And you may already be acquainted with that work. If not, Cryon would define himself as a magnetic master, and that his work is particularly about 
aligning the magnetic grids of the Earth and adjusting their characteristics as a seat for biology and particularly as a seat for consciousness. In the early 90s, Klein described that the fields of the grid were going to change more in the next decade than they had in centuries. And he predicted the specific way that they would change, and over that decade, the precise changes occurred that he described would occur. So, for example, magnetic north shifted significantly such that many airline runways had to change how they painted the lines so that the navigational instruments would still match the coordinates on the runway. In addition to the shift of magnetic north, the field intensity of the grids also shifted, actually reduced somewhat, and these were the characteristics that support a movement into a higher awareness that is now our opportunity based upon all the things that have happened in the last 20 years, particularly those around what we were all doing in December of 2012. So that's a little introduction. And are you acquainted with the client work offhand? Yes, through his books. It is amazing work and great information coming from Cryon via Lee. Mm -hmm. And my connection to that work began when I was given the first client book as a gift. And on page 121 of that book, Cryon describes a process of using magnetics to inactivate a virus. In that description, Cryon talked about using what he called sculpted magnetic fields that would fit literally as a key into a lock and shift the pattern of repeating parts of a virus and therefore neutralize it safely. And this is opposed to example for using a bar magnet where the field is uniform and everything changes the same way with respect to each other, so there is no net effect. What Klein described, creating sculpted magnetic fields and using it to neutralize a virus, was work that I had just done a few months before getting the book and reading it at a lab in the University of Southern California were using those modalities, using that method, I was able to take human cells infected with the AIDS virus and completely neutralize production of the virus and reverse the pathology of infection just using encoded light wave quantum information. Wow. Quantum information. Right. So I just find it fascinating that here you are, a medical doctor, working with the AIDS virus, and you were given a book, and in it has this process of magnetics, sculpted magnetic field to inactivate a virus. Did this corroborate what you were working on, or it gave you insight to what you were working on? That is correct. The work had already been the byproduct 
of, I would call it a vision that had occurred some years before that was an experience of communicating with the pure sentience of DNA itself. And that information gave a pathway, a direction to creating a type of electromagnetic field pattern that could specifically communicate with DNA, literally to instruct DNA to re-pattern itself along lines of health or along lines of rejuvenation. And HIV and clearing it was the initial target. In fact, finding a solution for HIV was the reason that I left what I was trained to do, which was being a pulmonary specialist working in intensive care units to pursuing this research into electromagnetic patterns that could, for example, neutralize a virus and not have any harmful effect upon the cells. So I felt that even doing the work with HIV was a type of guided work. And then reading about the exact process we were using and describing it to neutralize a virus, and it wasn't stated in the book that it was the AIDS virus, but if you read between the lines, you could really guess that's what was being referred to. And I took that as a remarkable validation of literally having a description of the work I had just done very quietly at university lab in a published book for the world to read. And that reading then inspired me to send a letter to Lee telling him that it was an amazing synchronicity that the process Klein described in the book was not only a great idea, but we've just done it in the laboratory and it works. And the second synchronicity was that Lee's address, the address for the publication of the book, was in the same small city in the San Diego area that I lived in, which is Del Mar. Mm. So he was describing the work I was doing and lived in each other's backyard. That is really extraordinary. So are you saying that this process that you work with in gematria.com. Talk more about what that is. It's mentioned frequently in Autobiography of a Yogi as well as The Keys of Enoch. And so you've got some great information to share on that. When we're talking about this as remarkable validation and talking with the DNA, communicating with the DNA as a pure sentient being, did I hear that correctly? Yes. <laughs> You're a medical doctor knowing that we can speak with DNA. This is all part of, I guess, what you would call a personal odyssey. And the vision about DNA was all part of the process of being guided to complete conventional medical training, which was done both at Johns Hopkins and then at Georgetown University, 
for two very credible and reasonably well-known institutions. And the synchronicity was meeting a very gifted healer and intuitive literally at the end of the very lengthy training to ultimately be a subspecialist in pulmonary medicine. And that inspired me to leave Georgetown and travel to Southern California. And it was my intention to understand energy medicine to see how it fit into the bigger picture of working with DNA and the vision that I had even in my training that HIV could be neutralized with frequency. So it all goes, comes back, this whole change comes back to a simple idea that we could neutralize HIV because its nucleic acid, its genetic code, might shape itself into a different way structurally than human genetic information. And because of the difference in structure, it would have a different so-called natural frequency or resonance vibration. And if we could figure out that vibration, we could literally play the strings of the virus, neutralize it, and leave everything else in the cell unaffected. So to have a truly specific, targeted, non-toxic, and effective treatment for HIV. So just before the end of my training, I met a wonderful and gifted healer named Patty Lawrence, who inspired me to move to Southern California and learn intuitive and energy information from her. And it was during one of her classes, a Kundalini meditation, that was a type of setup because we were put together in pairs. So you don't normally meditate with a partner. But in this case, the exercise was to activate kundalini energy, which I'm sure your listeners are very well aware of, and then to do something pretty cool, which is to run different colors of kundalini. So imagine that there's red kundalini and orange and yellow and green and blue and indigo and violet, much as a rainbow, and that each flavor of kundalini had a different quality. So as we experienced that, we had a partner or a twin, and they would record our experience. So it was literally like having a meditation where you had your own scribe that you could record the experience, which is very unusual. And it was when we hit the violet kundalini that there was almost a Jodie Foster-like experience when she went to the wormhole in contact just a, a movement through a portal and coming out in what could well be a different space-time dimension. And in that dimension, the first thing I saw was a gateway and there were guardians of the gate. And these guardians were like eight-foot-tall Alibaba warriors with big curved swords and they communicated that the information in this domain is very sacred. And you have an invitation to enter 
but there's also great responsibility that goes with this information. And they said others have used this information in a way that was not appropriate, and they were destroyed. And mm. they emphasized the point by then showing a picture of, of literal heads rolling uh, without bodies attached. So the point was made very clear. When I took the leap of faith, as it were, and went through the doorway, what I experienced was a room filled with DNA. So if you took the DNA in a nucleus of a cell and magnified it probably millions of times so it would fill a room, then that was what I saw with the double helical spiral and then the coils within coils within coils of the way DNA folds up to fit into the nucleus. And there was a communication which, since there wasn't a clear mouth, as it were, it was a telepathic-type communication, the message from DNA was that the information of science about DNA is correct but incomplete. DNA is indeed an information molecule that is like an encyclopedia of how to build the protein structure and the enzyme pathways of the body that creates life. Yet, there is another aspect, which is how that information is organized. And that the spirals within spirals of DNA also create electromagnetic field vibration patterns. And if you can understand the nature of those magnetic information patterns, you can literally use those to instruct a sick cell to become a healthy cell or an old cell to become a young cell. And it was that information which then inspired the odyssey, the process of creating a physical technology that could produce very subtle and complex magnetic information patterns in part or at least as a first focus, to inactivate HIV and then potentially to heal and rejuvenate in many other ways. That is really fascinating. There's a couple aspects that I want to go back to, but first let's, let's be clear. So this is a cure for HIV. Is it working? Uh, at the test tube level in those early experiments, we were in essence, curing AIDS at the test tube level. That is correct. And so is this out in the mainstream media? Uh, clearly it is not yet, is it? It is not yet, is it? So it's quite fascinating, and there will be amazing years ahead of us as this is coming out right now. The spirals, the spiral within a spiral within a spiral, there's that spiral again. So that's an interesting insight of creating this magnetic information pattern. It's very profound, and I think it's so important. That's why the spiral and the related toroid keep coming up over and over again in mystical art, mystical images, and visions. 
Let's talk quickly about the flower of life. Any insight you wish to share on this? Have you done any research with it? The flower of life is, of course, another geometric pattern that is particularly focused on what happens when you intersect circles and the space that is created at the intersection points and connections between those spaces um, with the sort of curved um, the ovoid structure called the vesica pisces that has representations in many of the human anatomical structures so you know whether it's the the opening of the vocal cords or um, the feminine or masculine reproductive openings or a number of other anatomical structures, the Vesca Pisces is a type of gateway uh, between systems, between dimensions, between worlds. And structurally, the quantum technology that we've created with lasers is creating, in part, a double helix made out of light, a spiral anti-spiral, it also creates fluctuations which are Vesica Pisces like gateways to other dimensional spaces. See, that can just keep going on. <laughs> it really can. <laughs> and so, working with the flower of life, it, it was a message here left on our planet as a great symbol to decode once again. Do you feel that it's leading us back into a greater knowing? I would agree with that. My feeling now more than ever is that all of our work together, and especially the work that you and the people in your radio network do and are focused on, it's looking at the opportunity to feel into a deeper reality, to feel into the matrix of existence, what I would, in my own experience, describe as the pure living love essence that is the nature of source essence and the substance of which everything is made. So we have an opportunity to, to enter that experience for ourselves and as we do that, to recalibrate with that knowing, and as we recalibrate, then literally each person that recalibrates lifts the vibration and information content of the whole. So whatever the news may be in the world that might suggest that there are still uh, things to be feared that are beyond our ability to change, that at the deeper level, we have the most significant opportunity ever to shift the overall pattern to one of profound openings, profound awareness. And although it is usually an individual process, there is the collective effect of what we all do individually. 
and I believe it is that which allowed us to pass the December 21st, 2012 marker and go beyond the media and into our own experience and collectively dive into these experiences. And as we come out, we take another incremental step at shifting the nature of the world. Yes, as we've heard all throughout this series, it begins with going in and changing that inner reality. And so thank you for clarifying it yet again and even more in your own way. So when we look at shifting and working and influencing the quantum field, let's talk about toning and what it is that we're doing with toning. You are the head of the Lemurian Choir, and you gathered 800 people, over 800 people together. We're going to listen to a little bit of those sounds that were created from that beautiful performance. And I'd like you to share with us the power of toning and what it's doing in the quantum field. Mm-hmm. Yes. And if I may just digress a little step to complete the picture of bringing through into physical reality the validation of the esoteric concepts. The next part of the story with respect to HIV mm. was taking the quantum information that we learned at our test tube studies at USC, basically a pattern that could take infected cells and neutralize the virus to undetectability and have actually not just an avoidance of harm, but could take sick-looking cells and literally change them to heal them to look normal again. We then took that pattern and combined it with nutritional science and found botanicals with proven antiviral properties, especially for HIV, and nutrients with known effects to accelerate the recovery in HIV. And then we combined the nutrients and botanicals with the quantum information pattern that could neutralize the virus. And we've been working for several years in Africa, in South Africa and Kenya, and have been getting very significant results, results that are so good the government of India has now approved a major phase two clinical study to look at this protocol as a head-to-head alternative to the drugs for HIV. Fantastic. Thank you. And our best case to date, our landmark case from South Africa, began with end-stage terminal AIDS medically with almost no immune system left, a CD4 count of 23, and it should be 600 or higher normally, Mm -hmm. and a viral load over 200,000. And just applying this protocol, this nutrition and botanicals and quantum information, instead of 
not surviving more than one or two months, which was his prognosis. Five years later, his immune system is high normal from 23 to over 1,100, and the viral load is undetectable. So wow. have proven mm. that it is possible to have complete remission virologically, immunologically, and clinically, just combining quantum information with sound nutrition. It's amazing. And again, that quantum information is what we've been talking about, but yet can you describe it or define it again for us? Mm -hmm. In terms of what we are doing with physical science, we've created a new type of laser technology that starts with a laser, and then we have an invention that converts the laser output instead of being waves that are all in the same phase to wave pairs where each pair has a sine wave in the usual place but then the second sine wave is exactly out of phase so when one wave was going up the other was going down and vice versa so that when you add them together you get a vector sum zero and that gets very interesting because that becomes an equivalent wave where the waves are, again, in alignment, but they're going in opposite directions. And the wave going backwards is not only going backwards in space, it's also going backwards in time. Wow. So the wave pattern is literally a spiral, anti-spiral, like DNA. Mm -hmm. The wave shape is the same shape as kundalini energy, uh, much as you would see in a diagram the Ida and Pingala, the, the right and left hand pathways of the kundalini tracks that then create um, an interlacing spiral, the same as in the caduceus, the medical symbol. That, that is the specific waveform pattern that we create. And then onto that waveform, which then penetrates deeply through tissue and can be patterned information quantumly, I believe, within the structure of matter itself. We are then able to use mathematics to define the vibrational states of particular molecules, as we did with HIV, and then we can align that information with the pattern that is going to assist the system for a particular purpose whether it's neutralizing a pathogen or uh, increasing the activity of a beneficial product or for creating a rejuvenation effect. Absolutely amazing. And you know, when we can draw this on paper and we do it vertically, there's the vesica Pisces. Yes. You said that this penetrates through tissue and that we're using mathematics to define the state of a molecule and then align it properly. So this is energy medicine, frequency medicine, quantum medicine. Very well stated. That is true. It is all of those. I just love, again, that you're a medical doctor and you're so tuned in and tapped in spiritually and that the word Lemuria led us to each other because this has turned into a conversation with some amazing and astounding medical results. 
enough that can change the world and it's very exciting very very exciting thank you and this is a bit of a i would call it a coming out party because i've been very quiet on the whole with these scientific developments and discoveries even though there are patents that are now granted and there are scientific publications in the past few years it really has been primarily in the community of light workers that information has been shared and now it's time just to make more people aware because of the validation i believe to the concepts of working with light and working with energy so in part it's validating and also it's another series of tools that can be of service as well before we get to the work on toning that you do with the Lemurian choir let's talk about your medicinal work that you do with gematria and mm -hmm. that word gematria is that has popped up into my field lately and it's an ancient word please define it for us mm -hmm. yes the term gematria goes back to the ancient mystery schools and the mystery schools had very powerful information that they felt needed to be used wisely and therefore it was only made available to those they felt could or would use it wisely and the way they protected the information was a process that in those days it was pronounced gematria where the letters in words would be converted into numbers and then the pattern of numbers would be encoded and decoded with the deeper information. So in that sense, it's about the transformation of information from one form to another, which is what we're doing with modulating the information into frequency signatures onto the laser technology. The way I was acquainted with the term was through an incredibly deep and abstruse esoteric book called The Keys of Enoch, The Book of Knowledge, by the author J.J. Hertak. And in that book, gematria is defined as the science of determining the input energy required to build a body of consciousness. So it was literally about an input of energy, and I would also say of information, to take consciousness at one point and provide what was needed to move to another point. So literally about the energy required to build one body of consciousness to another, to another, to another. And then there is the most recent definition, which is that gematria are higher dimensional waveform representations that interact in matrices to create physical reality itself. So gematria are higher dimensional waveform representations that interact in matrices to create physical reality. The products on your site, are they encoded with this quantum energy and information? That is correct. The gematria formulas combine scientific formulation or 
the, the science of nutrition and metabolism to create formulas that in and of themselves are quite potent, either for strengthening a particular bodily system, like the joints or the heart, or for having a generic detoxifying, anti-aging, or rejuvenation effect. Then those physical formulas are imbued, they're literally treated with the quantum information laser system, so that over and above nutrition, there's also the extra energy and quantum information. You've got products for a lot of different things, and then even stem cell products. That is correct. Have you had a challenging time with the FDA? The FDA is a body that regulates making health claims. Mm. So we have to be very careful about making statements about the ability to treat or cure anything. Mm-hmm. So as long as we stay within those guidelines, we are okay. Now, in other countries, we are able to work at a more powerful level in the system. So, for example, in Russia, we did a study with persons with chronic heart failure whose hearts had been damaged from coronary artery disease or hypertension or both, the commonest causes of damaged hearts. And it was a fairly big study with 50 people, 30 treated, 20 control. And we used an amino acid formula that normally would not have been expected to have a dramatic effect on the heart per se, yet combining the amino acids with quantum information in just 30 days, so much new heart tissue was regenerated that symptoms are reduced by 80%, average heart function improved by 25%, and 60% of subjects improved to normal or nearly normal heart function. Outstanding. These are the results that you're getting. Right. It's just wonderful. Again, quantum information. You really are a bridge. All worlds are converging here. You are right there at the forefront. On the application side, as I believe this whole world of energy work and light work will become much more acceptable when we really do good scientific protocols and research Mm -hmm. and have scientific proof. So much of what I'm doing, I would say, is working to provide the proof of the principles that people are working with. What a great coming out party on your behalf to expose this to the world. And everyone listening, let's share this around with all of our friends and our loved ones and just try it out because it is quantum information and this is living in the quantum zone. So then to tie this into the Lemurian Choir, That might seem like a long bridge for some. Here you are, a medical doctor. How in the world did you come to the Lemurian Choir, a group of 800 people, in a toning session in Maui on (laughs) on (laughs) 12-21-12? It didn't happen overnight. (laughs) (laughs) 
the first part of the process was an inspiration from a cryon channel and this happened about eight years ago now and a story was told a parable as it were and in this parable a man wakes up one morning could be woman as well and opens their door and their entire front lawn is filled with a very large block of granite and it is too big to move away there's no crane or device big enough to move it away and pondering that the owner gets an idea an inspiration which was to hire a sculptor so they hire a sculptor and then a magnificent work of art is created and the message the interpretation is that DNA is like the block of granite that within DNA there is an extraordinary masterpiece of information it is filled with the codes and patterns that when released can create mastery and it was also made very clear that we do not need information added unto us to reveal mastery it's literally more the process of clearing the blocks to the revelation of the mastery that is already there and the esoteric description of that uses what has been described as a 12-stranded DNA model so in various esoteric works you will hear that well there's the physical strand but then there are also the interdimensional strands or magnetic strands that you don't see and it's important scientifically to say that science does not have any way to prove or disprove that higher dimensional strands exist it hasn't proven that they do uh, and there's certainly not not proof that they can't or don't exist but the lack of proof of existence conventional science would also take as as proof that they don't exist mm -hmm. and while there is some work that is starting to suggest the reality or at least the shadow of the higher dimensional strands there, there isn't scientific proof it's it's left to the listener to tune into their own intuition and experience to see whether such a thing could be true and I'm not here to say, I'm not here to say I'm giving proof of it. It's for each person to decide for themselves. And the metaphor then is that of the 12-strand system, there are four strands active in general in humanity, which gives rise to a four-dimensional human experience. And what was described is that there is an eight-dimensional filter that blocks the eight higher-dimensional strands in which the mastery codes are embedded. And 
that was the end of the discussion, simply that there is a filter that blocks the expression of the higher strands and mastery codes. There was no method or instruction given for how to clear the filter, but of course that was the logical question. Mm -hmm. uh, if there's this filter that's keeping us from expressing our full ability, how do you get rid of it? And that is where the tones came in. So in an intuitive process, I used the inner vision to look at the strands and look at the filter. And then spontaneously, I began to make tones, physical tones with the voice, until I saw like a crystal wine glass concept. If you hit the right frequency, the wine glass will, will shatter. And in this observation, it was like a resonance, a rippling resonance created in the filter. When a certain energy was reached, it didn't shatter. I would call it more of a transmutation where the substance of the filter then became the energy to activate the interdimensional strands. And that gave rise then to a process of developing one level of tunes after another that then cleared another aspect or part of that filter. So is that part clear? Yes, that part is clear. I was doing that for about three years, and I believe Lee Carroll thought I was probably a little bit crazy because mm -hmm. I was the person he had who was providing scientific validation, yet I almost couldn't help myself. I would share some of these tone patterns because I felt, in a sense, they were songs to DNA itself. Mm. And finally, after stepping out on a limb for three years, at an event in Moscow, Kryon then shared that the tones I was making, I was remembering. I was, as he described it, mining my Akash, going into my own soul records and remembering the tones as I had done them in Lemuria tens of thousands of years before. Mm. So the tones then were a remembrance from Lemuria and were not shared in the way they were also done in Maui for 26,000 years, according to his description. And what was stated about these tone patterns was that the part that is physical, the part that is audible, is like the tip of the iceberg. And the metaphor was that there could be a symphony playing in the room next door. And all that you hear is the buzz of the snare drum. Yet hearing the buzz of the snare drum then would communicate the full impact of all the information of the full symphony. Likewise, these tones that I have called the pineal tones, because there's a focus on the pineal gland from which the activation starts and then moves to the rest of the DNA information field of the body that the pineal tones have the property that the audible part is only a small part of the whole process that then creates a pattern that 
that literally um, flows along interdimensional strands and transmutes the filter into energy to activate the strands. Okay. So that was the next step of understanding was that the tones, as I was creating and sharing them, went all the way back to Lemuria, and I was remembering them and sharing them, essentially just as I had done them a long time ago. When we gathered in Maui, I was given the invitation to evolve the codes, because the Lemurian Choir had a precise quantum code informational pattern that was about galactic communication as well as re well both the transmission of information quantumly galactically and then at the end reversing the polarity to receive information from other enlightened sources and beings the compassion choir takes the next step whereas the Lemurian choir was about giving the signal that we'd made it, that we we're ready to pass the marker and ready to move from our current survival state into becoming a true enlightened civilization. That the Compassion Choir is about accelerating that process, that in the course of our histories, as it were, and in collaboration perhaps with the seed systems that supported us, there are treasures, but not like buried gold, uh, information encoded that is partly encoded in our DNA, which is probably a large part of what the so-called junk DNA is doing. It's encoded into the interdimensional crystalline grid of the Earth, and I understand it's also encoded within the citation. And the Compassion Choir, which will be performed in Cancun, which is near Chichen Itza, the, one of the 12 nodal spots on the planet where these time capsules can be released from the grids, that the Compassion Choir will have a new quantum signature differentiated from the Lemurian Choir that will be about releasing the information in our personal DNA to take us to the next level of remembering our birthright of mastery as well as information within the grids which is a planetary enhancement process and that triangulates in a way that is still somewhat mysterious with the information encoded within the whales. Ancient beings, record keepers of this planet. That's our understanding, yes.
And what I'd like to share with everybody listening is that we plan in the near future to have a free webcast of the full Lemurian Choir, which is about six hours of recordings. There were two segments, a morning and an afternoon performance. And after each segment, there was a new client channeling, building the totality of the information. And if people may be interested in hearing the full choir, the invocation of the ancestors from a Hawaiian priestess shamaness named Kalei, as well as the performance and the cryon channeling, that they can go to a site called pinealtones.com and that will give the information for when that webcast will be, as well as for those that might be interested in learning this process and technique, when there will be events where there will be teaching of the process. So that's again pineal tone, P-I-N-E-A-L-T-O-N-E-S dot com.
would just love to say that from that, it was very powerful. It felt like my whole body was lit up. That was quite fascinating. I'm finding it interesting to see the differences between, you know, Dr. Todd, I, I consider myself uh, somebody that comes more from heart wisdom than head wisdom. So when you describe a lot of that stuff, that's not my style of taking things in. I, I usually tune in with my heart, and that guides me everywhere I go. So when it comes to the toning, you, you give it um, – you give it a structure um, that speaks to the way a lot of people learn. And so what I was feeling during this is that what I've experienced is um, when we tone, and I used to be a person that didn't use my voice ever. My daughter would say, Mom, please don't even sing in the shower. You're, it's just hard, you know, because I love music. But my voice isn't always pretty when I sing. So I never used to use my voice for toning. And then I had a girlfriend that introduced me to toning. And, I mean, if, if you want to call us Lemurian sisters, we can call each other that. We have an eternal recognition of each other's soul signature. And we remember each other from these, these ancient times. And her voice is very, very pretty when she tones. And we came together, and she created a safe space for me to actually open up my vocal cords and tone and find my own signature. And what I find happens now as we tone, and, and now I take people out. I live kind of close to you. I actually live um, in Coto de Casa, a little bit north of where you live. And I take people out on boats out of Dana Point to go be 
on the Pacific Ocean, usually during heightened dates, um, lunar eclipses, solar eclipses, full moons, new moons, um, what I call the triple-digit dates. Sometimes, a lot of times we go on 222, and, and um, we go on these, these different dates, always on the summer solstice. And one of the things we do is we tone to the dolphins and to the whales. And what I find happens is where each person brings their individual tone, which is completely unique to each person. Maybe we're all oming or, or we're using a different vowel, e, or some, some of the different tones that we, we use. And I don't always ask people just to om. Sometimes we'll say, use whatever tone comes through for you because that's unique to your soul signature. And we tone, and next thing you know, it's almost as if you kind of described it when you're when you're talking about DNA strands. If if I were to see it in my in my mind's eye, it's like they all merge together and they do this beautiful dance and they become one. So a new frequency comes out of each individual frequency. And I think a lot of people in the in the spiritual world are talking about this oneness, this heart of one, and this is a very Lemurian concept where there's no hierarchy, there's no higher or lower, there's a oneness where we all come together for the greater good for all, and there's a transparency with us, and, and that that's what we're really wanting to anchor back in on earth, and that's what I would refer to as anchoring heaven on earth through these tones of us coming together and using our voice. So that was that was what I was experiencing when I was listening to it. And I was curious about the story that goes with your 1221. It sounded like you were, you had this choir, you, you went to Maui, you had all these people that used these tones, and I haven't really heard a debriefing of exactly, you know, what, what your experience was, the story of that experience. Can you ex- expand upon that? Sure, and I would fill in the, the gap, how it came to be, because it's it, the context for understanding the experience. And the choir is unique in that creating the choir was an actual assignment. And I've had the pleasure of working with Lee and Brian for, for some time. I had the rare experience of a few one-on-one sessions with Brian that were Q&A that he very rarely does. And it's always been very gentle and informative and never, in a sense, as an assignment or an instruction. But the choir was different. And in November of 2010, I had 16 levels of the tones. And then I was basically given the instruction, 16 is good, but there needs to be 24. And this is an assignment and you don't have to do it, but I know you will, and it will be to gather hundreds of singers, and you will split them into roughly two equal groups, so half will sing one tone and half will sing another, and that was where I went from singing individual tones only to be given the assignment to increase the number of tone levels to 24, and then to pair the 24 levels so that the 24 then became 12 pairs of tones, so I had to do eight more levels of tones, and I had to figure out what tones went with what other tones, and how to create, as it were, a, a choral symphony. 
benefiting from it. And the backward information was that this had not been done for 26,000 years, and the last time I was the choir leader, as it were, and there were 800 singers, half singing one of the levels, the other half singing the complementary level, and that creating a Lemurian choir created or produced a group field transmitter. In a sense, think of linking hundreds of pineal glands into a group field that then becomes a quantum transmitter that sends the quantum message instantaneously throughout all space and time that any quantum enlightened civilization with the perceptual gear, the perceptual attunement to hear that could then know, A, that we made it. That's the first thing. We made it. And secondly, that we know how to send a quantum signature. Then particularly interesting was that after the 12 pairs were sung, the next part of the assignment was then to figure out another pair that would read, or set of pairs, two, two additional pairs, that would reverse the polarity and convert the transmitter into a receiver. So the choir itself, after all that assignment was done, and the new levels were created, and the pairs were put together and put in their sequence, after that was done, and then the polarities were reversed, we had a period of silence to be able to receive information from the cosmos. And for me personally, that was probably the most profound part because I experienced what I would describe as hearing the enthusiastic, welcoming, and greetings from what felt like dozens of civilizations all at the same time. You would do a phrase and then everyone would listen? Or was that listening in the months following? This was in the choir itself. So there were the 12 pairs, the choir, the sending the signal to the universe quantumly. Mm. And then there were two more pairs that had the specific intention of reversing the polarity from a group field transmitted to a group field receiver. Mm -hmm. And immediately after doing those quantum patterns to create a receiver, then we had complete silence. Everybody could receive the messages. So your message, okay, we made it. Absolutely, we made it. What were some of the messages that were heard? Yes, I, I'm sure. My goodness. There were many profound experiences. There was the reports of, of homecoming, of the experience of profound remembrance, the sense of reconnection with people's soul origins. In, in other places and times. Uh, for me, there was also a lot of scientific information, mathematics of the deeper field structures of the universe, 
information, new inventions, uh, new communications, or just a celebration of, of being able to communicate again. A celebration of being able to communicate again. Magnificent work. And so, do you feel then that others listening will be able to bring some of this information into our reality then? Yes. And new ways of being, new inventions, as you mentioned. It's an opportunity, it seems, to be able to be aware at a new level, and a level that's just rich with... um, recognition of who we are and what we really are at a deeper level um, as divine beings and along with that to work at a different level of understanding both from the scientific and mathematical side and also the intuitive side. So, So in part it's new math, new science, new physics, new philosophy, And another part, it's simply expanded consciousness, being able to perceive at a different level, having more intuition, feeling more into a deeper reality, of feeling into the universal divine love state and space that, to my experience, is the true nature of reality. And so when we have been discussing in this series about the 96% of the universe that science cannot identify, that is the quantum field. And that is what you're talking about. We interact with the quantum field by feeling it. And any other advice you have for us on influencing the quantum field and really living in the quantum zone What does that mean to you, living in the quantum zone? The simplest suggestion is taking the time to be completely quiet more often. And in the quiet space, being willing to perceive and be aware of the messages from within your own field structure, as well as the information freely offered from the sentience and intelligent beings of the universe. So the process of simply being quiet in a still space and allowing yourself to be as aware as possible is a fast-track way to become more aligned with quantum perception and all that is open as one is able to tune in at that level. Very good words. Thank you so much for those today. We were saying earlier that when we tone, we're also matched by sentient beings in other dimensions. As we leave today, can you explain more of how that works? It seems really outlandish, but you're a medical doctor and you're saying it's real. You're giving it validation. I will share on that question is that I work with a very gifted intuitive named Barbara Dillinger, and she described that at the choir, each person had an entourage of guides, interdimensional beings, and master beings, and that when you then had 
of people, there were over 900 altogether in the full choir, with all of their guides and entourages and support beings. And then the collective brought another order of beings that the room was was full to the brim with with all manner of interdimensional beings and intelligences and support from even what would be called the spiritual realms and hierarchies that the collective energy was far more than just the apparent people in the room. Quite fascinating. Thank you so much for listening to your heart call and pulling together the Lemurian Choir and the Compassion Choir, bringing forward this remembrance of your mm-hmm. past and these Lemurian codes. I appreciate the opportunity to, to share this with you and your listeners. As it seems that you're particularly attuned to this kind of work and are also doing this work. I can't say enough. Here we have another medical doctor doing pioneering, groundbreaking work with AIDS and HIV, and you've got your own line of products for other health issues on your website, gematria.com. You really remind me of Dr. Norm Shealy, who also tapped into his inner guides for profound information. So we're going to see more people like you. Just thank you for stepping up into your space with the wonderful work that you've done with quantum medicine. Thank you so much, Dr. Todd Ovakaitis, for being on Healing Conversations. Well, it is my great pleasure also, and look forward to sharing more. And if your listeners would like to take a look at the formulations. We've also set up uh, a special discount code, which should be easy to remember, which is Loren2013. So there's a special offer for those that might want to uh, participate in that by the end of this month. And then, just as a reminder, we are planning to offer a free broadcast of the entire six-hour Lemurian Choir process, and that information will be available at pinealcodes.com. Pinealcodes.com. Thank you so much for being here. My head is spinning right now, but it is the exact confirmation that we need for all of this light work. So thank you again, and everyone, thank you for listening too.